Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It is Wednesday, February 6th. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky de Oliveira. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm in a strange mood. Jafet no, not de, really. de, de Oliveira. Uh, <laughs> I am as well, yes. Uh, middle of the week. It's fantastic. Excited for that. Heavenly Father, just great to call your name. Beautiful to call your name. God, we thank you for all that you are, all that you are today, all that you are in the future, God, that you've called us to. Thank you for this moment to read in Scripture. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for what you are desiring of us. And Lord, I just, man, wherever we're traveling, whatever we're doing today, may we be able to discover inside this passage, uh, as complex as it is, as difficult as it can be, may your Spirit actually lead us into a place of understanding and fresh insight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today, I am reading from the New Testament for everyone, the NTE. I like this version. Good. Ephesians 5, verses 21 to 33, subheading, Wives and Husbands. Be subject to one another out of reverence for the Messiah. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. The man, you see, is the head of the woman, just as the Messiah, too, is head of the church. He is himself the Savior of the body. But just as the church is subject to the Messiah... In the same way, women should be subject in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as the Messiah loved the church and gave himself for it, so that he could make it holy, cleansing it by washing it with water through the word. He did this in order to present the church to himself in brilliant splendor, without a single spot or blemish or anything of the kind, that it might be holy and without blame. That's how husbands ought to love their own wives, just as they love their own bodies. Someone who loves his wife loves himself. After all, nobody ever hates his own flesh. He feeds it and takes care of it, just as the Messiah does with the church, because we are parts of his body. That's why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two become one flesh. The hidden meaning in this saying is very deep, but I am reading it as referring to the Messiah and the church. Anyway, each one of you must love your wife as you love yourself, and the wife must see that she respects her husband. All right. All right. So uh, here's the question for today. Um, does my life give evidence of my reverence for Jesus? How on a macro or micro level are my life relationships different today because of that reverence? Hmm. Ooh, so does my life give evidence of my reverence for Jesus? And how on a macro or micro level are my life and relationships different today because of that reverence? Reverence is a good word. Uh, it's I when I think of reverence, I just think of all the ways that people have interpreted it differently. First of all, and given evidence of reverence for Jesus, it really does vary. I mean, I remember as a child, just immediately, I just remember how there were people who used to say, uh, "You can go uh, when you come to the church." Because I, I think of reverence, I think of the church straight away, and I think of like what is holy, and uh, and that's what I thought of as a child. And they would say, "You know, you can go to the platform." Uh, that was right. That was Reverence where my mind is went the to. idea of kneeling and being yeah. quiet and closing your and eyes, stillness and, and all that kind of stuff, and being quiet, like and it tiptoeing. Was, and it was everywhere you it go. It was always about children doing less. <laughs> yes, and children being quieter. <laughs> yeah, it was always about there was just like less movement, 
and stillness. And I, well, it, secretly, it, I think we were Quakers. It's a power dynamic thing again. You <laughs> no, know I'm how kidding. adults, by default, everything they do is reverent, whereas they get to tell children that they're not reverent. Yeah. And in the same way, I think it, there's the male-female dynamic that men get to be, you know, hey, whatever we do is reverent. Whatever you're doing is not, that you have to cover your head or, you know, there's something not reverent about your head, mm. something not reverent about your voice or about different things. It's just, it's interesting who gets to decide what reverence is. Yeah. But I'm, as far as life-giving evidence of it, I don't know that an individual person is the best um I don't know, judge of that in him or herself. I'm not sure that I could look at myself and say whether my life has evidence of reverence or not. Well, I, I think that uh, I think the first part probably would help clarify that. Does my life give evidence of my of my reverence for Jesus? My my desire to see, you know, to respect Jesus. My desire to to live a life where I see Jesus as holy. Does my life give evidence of that? I think it uh, it would it would demonstrate that uh, by literally the way that we gather together as a community, which is so important for me and for others as well, because there is there is just the strength of us that comes together when we actually when we come together to worship God, um, because there's so many people who I, I sense it would be fine to be a hermit uh, and to be on our own. But there's just the power of us actually being together. I guess that's what, for me, I'm having difficulty with the question because I don't know what would constitute kind of um, a critical mass of evidence for reverence. So So I'm I'm thinking in terms of there's some sort of a critical value. Does my life exceed that or not? (laughs) You know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure where the bar is for reverence. So I don't know, um, how reverent, how much evidence for reverence there is for me. Um, I would hope there's some, at least. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that uh, I think that if we understood that, then it would make a lot more sense about the whole macro and uh, micro level of our life. Yeah, because I'm thinking, okay, I understand the micro level a little bit more because that would be the day to day nitty gritty. But then, what is the macro level in terms of reverence? Like, how how are you reverent on a macro level? Well, yeah, how would our relationships in our life be entirely different on, on a global scale? Well, because I don't have We'd relationships be... on a global scale. Everything that I have in my life is on a micro level. It pertains to me. Well, so, you I, know guess, what I, mean? I guess, I mean, I mean, because we belong to something, uh, our communities belong to something that's actually greater. So we take over the entire world in that sense. And that would be the macro yes, effect but I think, okay, of society. Because I'm such a small part of that. I don't really think that anything that I'm doing because... Alcock makes a difference. Well, because what I'm doing is not... um, The pendulum doesn't swing far enough in one direction or another. Hmm. I think when you're kind of a fairly even-keeled person, you don't make a lot of waves in life. Whatever you do is not going to massively negatively impact the world or positively impact it. So I feel like my impact is fairly minimal. Let me ask this. You know... There was an, a day I remember this when I was when I was young, where people used to talk about the fact that oh Christians you know who were married they would they would have stronger marriages and they would you know less likely to have divorce and all this kind of stuff. I but don't now think I that's understand statistically accurate but, today. Mm. I understand that they're saying that it's not so true today. Right. And so they're saying that that was like back in the day. Today it's not so much, uh, and that's because marriage is not working out that way, and so. Is there something going on in marriages or in parenting or something that 
has shifted? Is it society? Is it that we are not following a biblical principle anymore? Is it that uh, we that the world, the pressures have changed and that it's just time? And- well, I, I think that it used to be less socially acceptable to divorce. I think that probably people would have just as much as they do now. I, I believe that people have probably been about equally unhappy. But I think that as the kind of the potential for being shunned lessened, people felt more free to act on those. And I don't know that I think that's a bad thing. I don't think forcing people, you know, people act like, oh, you know, we've loosened our standards until now look at people, people yeah. are, but it's like if people were feeling this way, then just the fact that they stayed in marriages or just the fact that doesn't really, I mean, what, what does that prove? So the question really comes down to is that, is that the, the real reason why people are doing that? Uh, because I know that there are the very valid reasons why people have, um, got divorced, and and then there are there are others where you just like, man, I wish I wish people had actually got help to be able to resolve some of the stuff inside their marriages to be able yeah. to find ways with that. So, well, I also think that people now have more options than they used to. You know, it used to be you lived in your small town, and your options were the people who are immediately available to you. And now, you know, with the internet, people don't, there are no real boundaries in terms of what's available. And, yet, and I think it can make it harder to and, be satisfied. And yet, exactly. And yet, it's actually harder for some people to even find people. Yes. Uh, I mean, they, because there's always the fear of missing out, right? Mm. Like, how can you possibly settle down with this person when mm. the truly perfect person is probably still out there somewhere? Yeah. You know? it, is, it is It is interesting. So, all right. Well, just uh, some ideas inside there. Let me repeat the question again. Some of these processes... Uh, question does my life give evidence of my reverence for jesus how on a macro or micro level are my life and relationships different today because of that reverence think about that look after each other live love and we will connect tomorrow hey thanks again for listening to the daily walk podcast today hey if you remember if you have any questions reach out to us online at boulder.church and if you can help support us please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.